Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, social entrepreneurs are not content to just give a fish or teach how to fish. They will not rest until they have revolutionized the fishing industry. Those are the words of my guest today, Bill Drayton, the social entrepreneur and founder CEO of Ashoka, the organization building and cultivating a global community of changemakers. Described as one of America's best leaders and the godfather of social entrepreneurship, his is a story of the quest to create an everyone a changemaker world and someone for whom making a difference is built into the very DNA of his own family story. Bill, let's start with the fishing industry. Give us the pitch about everyone a changemaker. Well, in the title of the show, here we are. This is a moment in history where everybody has to be able to be a change maker because we're surrounded by a world now defined by change, not repetition. And, you know, if anyone had ever any doubt about that, just think about the last year. Well, this little virus has caused everything to change. And oh, by the way, we have climate change going on and that's causing the economy is changing and all these forces are bound together. So here's just a simple fact. The rate of change has been going up exponentially for at least 300 years, and it's now going up really, really fast. Second, second fact, everything now is connected. And the degree and extent of interconnection is going up exponentially also. And indeed, those two are feeding one another. And I suppose that the difference between change for change's sake and positive change in terms of the, uh, the ability to affect sort of social outcomes for the, for the, for the better good. Um, in terms of your work with Ashoka, which is a truly outstanding global organization, just introduce people that may well not be as, as sort of um, aware of its work in terms of its goal, in terms of, I suppose, creating that community of, of change makers. So uh, that is our goal, is to help every single person, including everyone who's with us in this conversation, know that they have to have this set of abilities and give themselves permission. And that starts with redefining what growing up is. All right, well, now, how did we get here? Well, Ashoka is the world's community of roughly 4,000 now of the world's very best social entrepreneurs. And uh, a third of them focus on kids, 1,300 roughly, and 90 to 95% of them put kids in charge. Oh, that's a pretty powerful pattern. Mm. And it works. And it's what an everything-changing world needs. Those 1,300 people are pretty unusual. Three quarters of the Ashoka Fellows have changed national and or international policy within five years of their launch. So you imagine a global community from over 100 countries of the world's best social entrepreneurs working together mm. on the most important things that have to happen. So... Um, this is like an open source. There is a new need in the world, anywhere in the world. A person can give themselves permission 
and think through, well, okay, what do we have to do about this? And if they have the drive to keep working at it and every day improve it, oh, this isn't quite working. But, but so, let's, go, let, let's go back though, in terms of you created um, this organization. It, it appears from the outside that, that, that there is a very strong influence um, by Indian culture in terms of Ashoka the name, Ashoka the king, Ashoka um, the, the meaning, um, I, I guess, in terms of without sorrow and, and that idea about the better welfare of the world. Take us back to the, the kind of the, the foundation moments, the creation moments, and, and also where you were in life at that moment in terms of thinking, I'm going to get out in the world and do something that, that unites these types of characters together. So I, I had the classic uh, childhood youth experience of being a change maker. And you know, once you have that power, you just want to keep growing it and you want everyone else to have it. So what was that, what was that classic experience? Just, just sort of bring that to life in terms of what, what, what sort of took you down that, that road of travel. Well, if you saw me up close, you would realize I'm not built for contact sport. I'm always the crashy. So that's not a great deal of fun. And I didn't really understand why I was being tortured by math and French and Latin. So I didn't really do that so much. So I started things. And I started a newspaper, which was originally hand-typed with carbon paper. And this is a test. Does anyone remember what carbon paper is? I was going to say, there's some certain generation of our guests will remember that, Bill. But I think, yeah. <laughs> okay, so words became a medium. And I eventually saved up and got a mimeograph machine. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And it became an inter-elementary school newspaper magazine in New York. And, you know, I was really lucky. My parents put up with this. My principal put up with it. And I knew from that point on that, please give me a problem. I will mm. figure what so, to so do. So you were, you were a problem solver um, and a thinker, but also an entrepreneur. And, it, and it's interesting because I interviewed Mohammed Yunus um, a, a few weeks back. And obviously for, for, for him, Entrepreneurship is the mechanism, the means by which human dignity is restored by the agent of change. I mean, is that is that the sort of worldview that, that you would identify with, Bill? You look all through human history, what is the most powerful force? It's a big pattern change idea for the good of all, but only if it's in the hands of a great entrepreneur. And the most important entrepreneurs are the entrepreneurs, the social entrepreneurs, who are from deep within committed to the good of all, and therefore the work is. Mm. And if you're committed to the good of all, you're seeing all. And that's a huge competitive advantage. And so this, the Ashoka idea is really simple. If we can help more of these people get started and succeed and weave them together into a community, then you have something that is gigantically powerful. Yeah, I mean, because I, I want to go back to that because you know, it's built on the premise of, you know, I, I guess the democratic view that everyone is a change maker. There's something inside of everyone to awake. But we are still living 
through a, a very specific era where people feel trapped. They feel actually they have no agency to affect change. They feel um, possibly the polar opposite of that view. For those that are listening that are saying, I love the idea in theory, but th- that's what people like Bill do because you know, he's an extraordinary character. What, what's the message you would give to them in terms of the everyone a change maker message? Well, first of all, uh, those 1,300 Ashoka fellows focused on kids. 90 to 95% put kids in charge. This is probably a million schools across the world. These are typically the most disadvantaged kids, kids from rural Bangladesh. And they love it. Kids Mm. like to be powerful and be givers just like anyone else. And once that's the norm in a school or any other youth community, it's a much healthier community. And math scores go up, language scores go up, bullying rates go down. Those are the things schools measure. Now, this is mass. This is millions of kids. The idea that kids can't do this like this is ridiculous. Just look around you. Mm. Nobody can fail to see opportunities to make things better. There is Mm. no shortage of problems, no shortage of opportunities. Just give yourself permission to see and imagine and bring together a team and make it happen. So so we, we all have permission. I guess is the message there in terms of, you know, we don't need to wait to be asked to make these changes and be part of it. Something else I read um, that you said that um, being a change maker for the good is, is very contagious because people deeply and centrally want to express love and respect in action. Um, Love is often a word that, you know, people in business and, you know, public life really struggle with, but for you, it's, it's a central part of the DNA of the ideal, isn't it, in terms of the, the change maker made real? The story of evolution is of increasing cooperation. When the first cell swallowed the second and they discovered that was comfortable for both, this has been going on for billions of years, and we are coming together more and more, and we're learning how to be in effect, one giant organism. Mm -hmm. And anyone not only can do this, they have to do it. And it was a great advantage in the past. Now it's a necessity for everyone. But a lot of people, Bill, will listen to this and they'll say, okay, fine sounding words. The story of evolution is about coming together. But the story of the human experience right now could be seen as the absolute opposite of that in terms of a world divided, a world with lots of drawbridges sort of um, up, you know, vaccine nationalism, um, social division, coups around the world. People would feel that actually the rhythm of the world is is not one that is evolving in the direction that you are suggesting. I mean, is that a moment in time or, or, or is there actually a job to be done here, do you think? There's a gigantic, extremely urgent job to be done. The world is being divided now by what we call the new inequality. The old ones are still there. And and the new inequality typically makes them worse. So what is this? So a very large part, most people have enough of the new abilities to contribute in a world of change and interconnection. Mm -hmm. They can be change makers. 
This is the new reality. You don't get to choose it. It's an everything changing, everything connected world. And there's so a digital, large... those, those, those are the new abilities, are they? Well, the, 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 the digital world, the interconnection, that's, that's part of how we're coming together. You know, an idea from Bangladesh will suddenly be changing things in England. Hmm. This was not true a few decades ago, but it is, that's the new reality. Now, the problem is that we have in the US probably 40%, it varies a little bit from country to country, people who do not have the abilities that are required in this new reality. And they are being crushed. Their lives are failures. And what do you do when your life is a failure? Well, one reaction is you blame yourself and that leads to various forms of slow suicide. So the non-change-making parts of America have lost four years of life expectancy in a generation. That's food, drugs, tobacco, broken families, and everyone around you like that, and no hope. Those people are hearing the world saying, go away, we don't need you, it's your fault, and by the way, your kids don't have a future. And that's what they see all around them. Mm -hmm. That is cruel, it's unethical, it's terrible, and we're doing it. Now, what the other thing that those people do, it's psychologically totally needed, is they want to blame someone else. And they want to blame someone else with others with them so they don't feel bad about that. And that's what the demagogues bring. Mm. And so the demagogues choose targets like immigrants, Muslims, African-Americans here, Muslims in India. There's a convenient target. And the reason that the demagogues are so powerful is they are serving this deep psychological need of people we are crushing. A lot of people will say, you know, get it. I agree with the with the analysis, um, and in some respects, it, it, it's a pretty overpowering analysis in terms of, you know, just just what has to be, you know, um, done and what what has to be addressed. I mean, yet you remain a hugely positive person in your view of people to get there. I mean, it comes across. It's it, it's it's sort of like you know, it, it's vibrant. What drives it, Bill? experience every day. Let me just give you a, a concrete story. Um, we have a program to help young people get their power. All right, so we had a meeting of about, and this is all over the world, we have about, there's a meeting of about 350 of these kids. So I went over to have lunch, table for six. This very sm small young woman comes down and sits to my right. She introduces herself, I'm 12, because she looks like eight and she's sick of that. Okay, so I asked her, what's your venture? And she said, well, my brother is autistic and all through school, I would cry uh, when he was mistreated. Uh, but now we fix that. Oh, well, how did you do that? Well, we get together whenever we see a student not being treated well, and we figure out what to do. And then we go and do it, and we're very persistent. 
Now, Michael, if you had been there, I guarantee you, you would not have one cell in your body doubting that this young woman is a change maker. She has her power. She knows it. And she is going to be wanted by people for the rest of her life because every organization needs to have the superpower she has. Now, mm. Esther, one other question. How many st student groups are there in Shirley Middle School? Over 50. How many middle schools do you know have 50 student groups? So at 11, she walked into that school. And this is a very poor rural area. There's nothing elite about this. She had a problem. All the kids said, you got a problem, think of a solution, build a team, come and join us, we'll show you how. That was the culture. It was the norm to be a change maker. Mm. And so and, she did. Yeah, so, so, so she was encouraged by the culture. And of course, the opposite of that, and you've spoken about this, is, is I guess the culture of repetition, where actually, you know, we, do, we don't make those changes because we're not encouraged to think differently. We're actually encouraged to repeat. And your view about actually breaking that cycle for those that are thinking about, I'm in this kind of, you know, live, repeat type, type world. What's the advice you'd give? Just as the rate of change is going up, the demand for repetition is going down. They're mirror curves. And the world of repetition is an exponential death dive. You can predict the economic future of an area depending on what proportion of the jobs are repetitive. If there's a significant portion, that area is going down. And we have to help the people there get these abilities. Mm. We, that's the only solution. Unlike agriculture to cities, you can't go from Southern Ohio to Silicon Valley, because you're not going to get a job there. You don't have the abilities to play in this radically different opposite game. Mm. But we can make sure that everyone has these abilities. We know how to do that. Is that, is that the, obviously it's interesting because I'm, I'm thinking, is this the entrepreneur part of you, which is actually saying, you know, th th this is not, about the great giveaway of wealth and redistribution, or, or maybe it is, I don't know, you'll tell me, but is, is it more about the, the fact of, you know, rising, the rising tide of opportunity and change-making ability, which creates this, this new and different world? I mean, is, is that the entrepreneurial part of the Ashoka vision that you've been expressing, do you think? Every single person with us in this conversation to give themselves permission to be a change maker. And if your daughter doesn't have these abilities and isn't practicing it, you can help her do it. This is not some astrophysics complex thing. So she comes home, she says, you know, a lot of kids are having trouble with math. Put everything down, put your arm around her. I'm really proud of you for seeing that problem. That's 80% of the solution. How do you think you could fix it? Draw her out. Mm. Oh, it's a pretty interesting idea. Why don't you get your friends together and do it? Well, now, she isn't going to do it right away, but you have told her you respect her, you think she's powerful and a good person. She's going to come back with the next problem and the next problem, and the fifth time she's going to come back with her idea, her dream, her team, her changed world. Anyone can do this. Now, mm. 
as a parent, if you do that, you're helping your daughter get the most important ability she has to have. She can be like this 12 year old who has her power or she cannot be. And you as a parent can make that difference. A I'm, lot of the schools don't understand this yet. I'm sat here listening to a very persuasive argument about this gentle, loving view of encouraging and nurturing a, a world. And, and I, I really identify with it because I'm, I'm a father of two young daughters and I see that world. But a few weeks ago, I was interviewing another change maker, Yanis Varoufakis, the former Greek finance minister, who sees things in a very different way. You know, his his view is that we are all in the grip of techno feudalism because of the, you know, the overwhelming power of Amazon and and a few other very large technology players to effectively create this new form of um, this this new form of feudalism, this new form of of, of commercial autocracy in the world, and that and that actually we are not changing in this way. Is your view, Bill, do you think this, this gentle and encouraging view has the strength in a world right as we're seeing it right now that seems to be so divided to actually prevail and persevere to make that change possible? Well, first of all, you're helping here a lot. If some of the people are with us, help their sons and daughters be change makers. If they talk to the, their friends who are thought influencers, they're contributing to this revolution that everyone can be. If, we, if everyone has the ability to contribute, I didn't make this up. All the prophets and all the scientists tell you that if you give, that's what makes you happy, healthy, and long-lived. Mm. And the greatest gift is giving other people the ability to give. This is a completely virtuous circle. And the people who are in the new game are doing that. Now, on the problem side, when you have a problem, well, what do you have to do? Well, we have a wave of social entrepreneurs coming up all around the world who are on the problem of good tech, not just tech for good, but good tech and truth on the web the whole series of folks dealing with that. How do you use AI to police AI? Mm. Well, a Spanish fellow has um, developed how you do CPA like, take any company, any organizations, algorithms, AI systems, and her work will do an audit and say, no, no, this, this, there's bias here. Or this is, now, it's got 5%, 10% human, but it's, it's mainly AI. Now, this has been adopted by the Inter-American Development Bank, by the city of Barcelona, by a whole series of companies It's beginning to spread. Mm. Now, I, I give you lots of examples, but that's the power of social entrepreneurship. You got a problem, you need the entrepreneurs who are going to fix it. And you need the innovations, the, the innovations that come from it. I mean, the, the thing I'm, I'm sort of sat here thinking is that we're, li we're, we're living through, you know, possibly, um, you know, well, we are, well, it is a history making period. You know, coronavirus has, has now become 
such a globally dominating and dangerous um, experience to live through that, um, you know, in a hundred years time, people are going to talk about this as a, as a defining moment. And I suppose it, it poses the question about what comes next. Um, you know, lots of people are talking about this as the moment of the great reset, that actually things will change. And um, I, I just would be interested in, in your take as the, you know, the, I guess, nobody better equipped to talk about change makers on a global level than the founder of Ashoka. But when we're sat here in 2021 and you look at that forward vista and you look at you know, the case for change around the world, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, the, the, the kind of the, the next chapter and, and, and what you might expect to see. You've just illustrated the point that the rate of change is accelerating. It's the virus, it's climate change, it's AI. That's only going to increase. That's our new reality. But what gives you the ability to deal with it is if you're a change maker. You know, mm. I was just talking with two of the Ashoka Young Change Makers in Indonesia last night with. Uh, Compass, which is the largest newspaper. And these two young people, they're in their mid-teens. They were hit by the virus. Their work was disrupted. That didn't phase them. They changed it. Now they're having bigger impact. Why? Because they have given themselves permission and they have the ability. Everything's changing. Like mm. that's that's the new reality. They can deal with it. So, so we've got to get we've got to get with the program. I mean, I mean, change can be obviously can be positive. It can be negative, but but it, but it is going to keep changing. And I suppose what I'm taking from what you're saying is is that it, it's beholden upon us all to to get with that. Because for those that look back nostalgically for you know quieter eras in in history, I, I guess from what you're saying that those aren't coming anytime soon. That world is dying in a death dive really fast. And if you're a change maker, this is our environment. This is normal. It's natural. Please give us a problem. Mm. We, you know, that's, that's what fun is. That's what being able to give is about. And, you know, the ability to help to see an opportunity, to see a problem. That's a purpose. Then you invite the right team of teams of teams. You, you figure out the architecture, how that, those teams of teams work together. And every single person in that team of teams is then helping every day modify, improve the purpose, improve the architecture, helping everyone else on the team of teams be a better change maker. It's, it's a completely mutual supportive environment. This is an environment where there is no way that the problems outrun the solutions. Mm. It's an environment where everyone is helping everyone be powerful, to be the most powerful giver possible. And if I may be direct, it's everyone has what you and I and our friends have, the ability to express love and respect in action. Mm. And that is what is a good that's what a good life is 
Well, which which I think brings us. I mean, I mean, beautifully put. And I mean that that idea about the good life um, brings me conveniently to my final question, which is, um, you shared a favourite quote um, from the from I suppose the uh, the original king of social entrepreneurs, Ashoka, um, the third century uh, Indian monarch, and the Six Rock Edict. Um, I don't know. Would it be helpful for me to, to read it out? But it, there is no better deal than to work. For the welfare of the whole world. I mean, just your 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 final thoughts on, on why you offered that and what you hope listeners might take from it. Well, isn't that your purpose? Isn't it everyone's purpose? Social entrepreneurship, change making for the good of all. That's what we want to do. That's what makes when we do that, we're really happy. And we, you, you literally live much longer when you're doing that. And Ashoka, the person, understood that. And um, that was an early moment in history. The Greeks and North India, there was a coalition of town meeting communities that was our first everyone a change maker moment. And Western civilization was defined in that 150 years and post Vedic Indian civilization was and Ashoka was a part of that. Um, and it's, we're having, we lost it. The big empires, the big military, but now we've invented these new ways of working together. And we have this, this ultimate challenge. We cannot leave a large part of humanity crushed that is ethically wrong and it leads to division. And no, you can't solve the climate when you've got 40% of the society that wants to put their finger in your eye and it makes it impossible to move. Mm. So our choice is everyone a change maker, everyone able to be a powerful giver or we have a divided society, which is frustrates and hurts everybody. And we, everyone who's with us in this conversation can contribute. Your family, yourself, your friends, the organizations, just give yourself permission, help other people. Their problems are opportunities. They can do it. What a lovely point to leave it on, Bill. I mean, everyone can do it. Give yourself the permission, Bill. Thank you so much for joining me. And there you have it, the story of the man who defined social entrepreneurship and for whom being a change maker is a mission for us all. It's the inspirational view of a world that not only must be better, but one that can be better if we all play our part. And for more stories of progress and positivity, do join me next time on Changemakers.